0: We'll Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever, and with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker.
1: Hi, everybody, it's Doc from the John Freakamir Pod, and I want to let you know about our new website on WordPress. Take a few minutes and check it out. You'll be able to find pictures of the pod's guests links to the podcast and social media accounts, ways to support the pod, how to get in touch, and our entire back catalog is there, including episode summaries. Missed these sections of the JMT episodes? You can find them there. Missed a Triple Crowner episode? Yep, that's there too. World travelers, adventure athletes, polar explorers, Barkley Marathon competitors, authors, filmmakers, documentarians, and more are waiting for you. Take a look at the new website, and just a reminder adventure lives here. Every new place, every mile, a more beautiful place reveals itself to me. It's only day four, so I'm gonna try to contain it, but man alive, we are in it. Billy Yang.
2: I just loved watching through hiking videos. They're so calming, and like, and the longer they are, the better. So I said, to hell with it. I'm not gonna really filter it. And to be honest, there's like 14 days of footage, so it was like about as condensed as I could do it. But like some of the food review videos, I would just like let them run a little bit longer, or you know, there's some silliness of like me filming like how to poop in the woods or how to poop in nature. <laughs> um, I took all these little sidesteps uh, or off ramps and telling the story but i just honestly i just wanted to like show people like what is possible that you don't need much to enjoy yourself actually the more simple simply you can leave uh you can live the the more happy you can be at times and um you know for us out there it was just about sharing the beauty of the jmt
1: i'm doc and this is the john freaking mirror pod
0: To the John Freakin Muir Pod. Lace up those boots and sling on the pack for a romp through trails, short and long. With your host and Renaissance man, Doc, it's time to embrace the suck.
1: Welcome back to another week on the trail. I'm Doc, and this is the John Freakin Muir Pod. Let's start off with a reminder if you are enjoying the podcast, take just a minute. Help us out. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you're not enjoying the pod, well, just go ahead and keep that to yourself. All right, let's get to this week's content. You know, I was just sitting around a couple of weekends ago, and Chopper texted me a YouTube link out of the blue saying I had to watch this video. It was titled The John Muir Trail and was 54 minutes long, and it was put together by Billy Yang. And it is a high-quality video, way better than the stuff that I put together and posted. And so, because of his excellent talent scout ability, I've asked Chopper to come back and co-host this episode. Welcome back, Chopper.
3: Hey, Doc. How are you doing tonight?
1: Good. How about you?
3: Oh, great. Happy to be back.
1: Got any more videos for me to watch?
3: Uh, Yeah, but we'll have a separate conversation about those later.
1: Okay. (laughs) 10-4. All right. So, as I am sitting on the couch watching this great video a couple of weekends ago and reliving our hikes, I find Billy on social media and I send him a message. And lo and behold, he gets right back to me. In fact, before I'm, watch, uh, before I'm finished watching the entire video, we're well on the path to setting this episode up with Billy and his two companions on the trail, Elon and Gabby. They are all in the virtual John Freakin' Muir Pod studio today. So welcome, guys.
2: Thanks for having us.
4: Hi. Glad to be here.
5: Very excited.
1: Nice. Nice. Now, have you guys listened to the John Freaking Muir pod before? And it's okay if you haven't. I'm just uh, checking in. This
5: is actually going to be my first uh, first time, but be a new member.
2: Yeah, I'm. Uh, I love the I love the John Freaking Muir trail. So I've, I'm. I'm sure I'll quick to become a fan of the John Freaking Muir podcast.
1: Okay. Now, the reason I ask is because we have a regular segment on our episodes called the Pro Tip Insight of the Week. And so I want to give you guys the give you guys the heads up that, uh, as we approach the end of the episode, I will turn to you and say, Hey guys, what's your pro tip inside of the week? What can you share with our listeners? What tip trick insight, uh, to make their adventure that much better. So just uh, be on the lookout for that. That comes towards the end of the episode.
2: Sounds good. You got it.
1: Okay. Another feature that we've added to season two of the John Freaking Mirror pod is the must bring gear review. And I'm really interested. After watching the the documentary on YouTube, I want to hear from you guys on what is your must bring piece of gear. If you had to boil it down to just one, someone someone twisted your arm behind your back and said you could only bring uh, you could only choose one thing to bring, and then you, everybody else we're just going to give you everything else you're going to you're going to bring. This is your must have piece of gear on the trail and we'll start with elon what what uh what's your favorite piece of gear
3: on the spot you're gonna say camp
2: chair right elon
1: (laughs) not a camp chair
3: Uh, i could i
5: could drop that extra pound oh man honestly if i had to pick one item uh i brought an amazing pair of shorts that i just like wore the entire trip they're path projects it's a friend of ours down in la that started the company and uh they're just like so versatile. i had done a few thru hikes in the past that I'm a runner so they were more running shorts and there was some real chafing and I've seen other like more conventional thru stuff that's just like it, it looks to me like it gets very hot and this was super durable. So my path projects are called Sykes, um, seven inch split shorts, super light. They were great
1: cool okay yeah no chafing you don't want to have chafing I mean Billy had enough enough foot problems on the trail you can't have chafing on top of that so
4: (sighs)
5: exactly
1: all right how about how about you Gabby
4: oh man I I'm usually a decisive person but I had trouble with this one because everything feels so necessary so I'm gonna go completely off the cuff and i didn't actually bring this on the trail and i really wish i had um and i think i'm going to get a lot of slack for it but i would bring my kindle because (laughs) i would love to read out there are you kidding like during a lunch with a gorgeous view i think that would have made the trip just that much better all right (laughs) you would
3: bring your books on your on your phone and read them at night wouldn't you doc
1: I would, but that was a, a multi-use device that was uh, had the, the, uh, the GPS on it. It had camera on it and it had books on it. This was, I didn't expect to hear Kindle as part of the must-bring gear uh, segment.
4: I mean, what can I say? I'm keeping it interesting.
5: Doc, <laughs> I think there should be a caveat of like, if we were to have done this conversation a couple days post-hike, there's no way she's carrying the weight of Kindle. But now, four or five months later... Half, you know, eight ounces, no problem.
3: I'll carry it. You know, it's funny, Elon. You said you would get rid of the chair. I, I would add the chair. I hated sitting on that um, bucket. Yeah, the bear canister. Just it was. I, I carry the chair now. It's the extra pound. It's worth it to me.
2: Hey Elon, what do you think it says about us that she wants to read instead of conversing? <laughs> <audience> <laughs> yeah,
1: say, you, you, and Elon. Yvonne- you and Elon would be sitting around the campfire and she'd be off, uh, you know, reading her, reading her books. It's
5: clearly more me than you. I think. Uh,
4: <laughs> we're still happily engaged. Just setting, setting the, the tone here.
3: <laughs> All right. Spoiler alert for the uh,
2: video.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, Billy, how about you? Your must bring piece of gear.
2: So we're, we're talking beyond the obvious, right? Beyond shelter, beyond, uh, you know, uh,
1: yeah, I didn't, I didn't explain it too well in the intro. If, if, if everything was going to be generic, if you're going to get, you know, a, a, you know, a tent, a pack, a sleeping bag, but you had the opportunity to, to single out, okay, I want this particular piece of gear, what would yeah. it be?
2: Well, I can certainly tell you what not to bring, um, as evident by the video. But I will say I'll go, I'll go a little more interesting too and, and go uh, electronics as well. I'll go GoPro. I think it's light enough. I think if you have a way to recharge it or, or have multiple batteries or bring multiple packs or a solar panel, whatever you decide to choose in that realm to recharge it, I think um, whether you end up sharing it to the masses or whether you end up keeping it for yourself, I think it's something that you want to document, especially an epic trail like the John and Muir Trail. And um, for me, it was a lot of it was in retelling the story and putting it together i was just smiling the entire time i mean obviously i was wincing at times too because of the condition of my feet but um having a versatile uh, piece of equipment that didn't add too much weight um the stabilization on it is like super high tech now and it's like and it's uh, waterproof you saw the multiple shots of me jumping into alpine lakes with it it's just a neat little gadget and i think um you know, the latest GoPro 9, um, which is a, a version up from the one that I brought, is that much better. So, yeah, I'll t- have to say GoPro. Uh, I thought you were going to go with the Tapatio. <laughs> well, that's – well, now you, you took my answer for what I was going to um, – what was the oh, – yeah. the, the pro tip? tip the yeah, the pro tip, but – All, right well, all we'll, right, we'll edit that out for later. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fine. is <laughs> key, too, condiments in general.
1: Now, Billy, since both you and Gab, you mentioned pieces of electro- electronics, um, did you guys bring a, a uh, power bank or did you bring, I thought, I thought I saw like a goal zero solar charger hanging off of somebody's bag in the video.
2: That would be mine. Yes. I needed a way to recharge. I brought a point and shoot Sony camera. I brought a GoPro 8, the aforementioned GoPro 8 and uh, my iPhone. So I needed a way. I actually didn't think about this beforehand. Um, after the fact, I saw that people, some people would just bring two battery blocks as a way, instead of dealing with the hassles of a, um, a solar panel. But I did bring a Go Zero, I forget the name of it. It's a rather small Go Zero that I attached to the top of my pack. It was a bit cumbersome, I'm not gonna lie. Probably, if I were to do it all over again, I don't know which route I would take quite honestly, because battery blocks aren't cheap either. But in terms of form factor and, and dealing with the wires, it was a bit of a pain at times. I'm not going to lie, but um, yeah, I brought a combo of a goal zero solar panel and a one battery block.
1: All right. Very good. Now, before we get too far down the trail, we, we have a custom here on the, on the pod that we only refer to ourselves by our trail names. So I know that I know that uh, Billy, you, you got your trail name uh, during the during the the JMT hike. Uh, I think Kyle. Um, yes. Spicy Spicy Data.
2: Yes. Shout out to Spicy Data. Shout out
1: to Spicy Data. He gave you the the trail name of Bourdain. Bourdain.
2: Yeah, after one of my heroes, uh, and it was not talked about either. But when he when he gave me. Uh, Billy Bourdain, I was, I was stoked because, yeah, I mean, uh, the two, the intersection of what makes me tick is anything, endurance, outdoors, and food. So I think the JMT, actually, the video, I, I think it captured that fairly well. I, I, if I wasn't, well, if I wasn't bitching about my feet, um, <laughs> if I wasn't in awe of our scenery, I was usually in awe of something I was consuming, and um, that's me in a nutshell.
1: Nice. And now uh, ladies, ladies next, I can't say ladies first, cause we already went to Bourdain, but Gabby, <laughs> wh- what was your trail name?
4: Well, thanks to our good friend, spicy data. He also betrothed me with my trail name. Um, he gave me the name tunes and it, it's a two-parter. So the first part was um, I, I created just this long playlist that I brought on the JMT with me and I downloaded it on my phone. And so that's how, that's what got me over some pretty gnarly passes, and so I just like plug in my headphones and just kind of jam out to myself, and so he liked my music taste, which is eclectic and very um, old-fashioned, I would say, and then I also managed to bring every flavor of Starkist tuna. If Starkist people are listening and want to sponsor your podcast, I'd be happy to give them like a shout out, but um, I... Discovered there is Korean-style gochujang tuna, there is sriracha tuna, there is bacon ranch tuna. There's every flavor of tuna Starkist pouch available.
2: We should have nicknamed. We should have given you the name of Bubba Gump. It sounds like a scene out oh, really up when you're just listing all kinds of tuna flavors and delicacies.
4: <laughs> yeah, I mean, either or, but yeah. So so Tunes is my nickname.
1: Nice. Now, judging from your reaction, when I said that we only go by trail names here, I cannot wait to hear Elon's trail name and the story behind it.
5: Well, I definitely, as I mentioned with, you know, wanting to bring shorts or shorts being my favorite gear item. I, I liked being light. I didn't like to carry a lot of stuff. And so for a shirt, I had sleeveless shirts and uh, our buddy Kyle decided to name me Sogo, which is a, uh, Stands for suns out, guns out. And given the fact that I had not really stepped into a gym in the last five years <laughs> prior to our trip, I didn't feel like it was a super accurate nickname, but uh, that's the one I got.
3: Sounds like he got uh, names for all of you guys. That was his, uh, his that, was, I, that was how he earned his future.
1: <laughs> Nice. Now, Sogo, some, some hikers go ultralight by, you know, the, the type of gear that they bring, not the amount of clothing. Or the type of clothing that they wear so that's that's an interesting approach
3: although uh yeah you can go back to one of our earlier episodes if you have time we didn't come across a guy with no clothes on on the trail so oh,
5: about the chafing
3: he, yeah actually we nicknamed him chafe <laughs> <laughs> you if you want to go ultralight that guy was ultralight just yeah, just, we, we, just a we, backpack and a fanny pack
1: we gave him his trail name about half mile after he was past us so
4: <laughs> <laughs> that's good that's true
1: all right so hey i have to ask how did the three of you meet
5: that's a great question bill you want to take that one uh
2: let me see how did we meet well i definitely met elon first elon yeah just through so we're trail runners by by practice and hobby so we have that background and Elon used to live in Southern California, where I still currently reside. Elon's in Northern California in the Marin area. Uh, both he and Gabby live together. But yeah, Elon and I met. He's considerably younger. I'm 43, and he's about a decade younger. And Gabby could be my daughter if you really want to be specific and do the math. But uh, yeah, but you know, I'm a I'm a teenager at heart. So um, Elon and Elon's an old soul. So we we meshed that way. We met somewhere in the middle and yeah, uh, through uh, some running adventures, even after he moved away, um, you know, we kept in touch and worked together. Right. We worked on when uh, Elon's new company equator coffees um, would have some video gigs, Elon would reach out to me and we got to know each other that way. We went to Panama together on a gig, which was really cool. Um, And then, you know, Gabby just, um, actually met Gabby before Elon, because he used to work for GU Energy Labs, which is, um, which is like endurance fuel, right? The gels. And, uh, met Gabby when she was, were you interning there, Gabby? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so you were, yeah, and she, we were, I think we were in Healdsburg, right? To run the Lake Sonoma 50 mile trail race. Mm -hmm. Gabby kicked my butt, by the way. And, (laughs) uh. Yeah, we met that way, and then of course these two ended up hooking up, and the three of us have the relationship we do now. Yeah, we're a
5: tripod. <laughs> yeah,
1: a tripod, very good. Hey, I want to go back to uh, what something Billy said reminded me of a comment that G- Gabby made earlier. Sorry, that Tunes made earlier, and that was that she right. she has an eclectic. Uh, taste in music including old-fashioned music and from what i what i'm taking away from that chopper is that she's probably listening to the music that you and i were teenagers to exactly yeah old-fashioned music
5: definitely yeah, mm-hmm. she she makes me feel bad about being in my 30s so it, it's coming at you guys from every corner <laughs> just putting this hey, all hey
2: gabby you're young enough to where probably like music from the 90s would be considered oldies for you right
4: yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, you don't
2: want to know.
3: You don't want to know how old our kids are. So, <laughs>
5: <laughs> one thing, one thing that's cool about our our origin story of us meeting is uh, when Billy and I first got to know each other, coming up and running. He was just getting started in making his own films and sharing stories, and so it's been really cool for me on a personal level seeing like his evolution as a filmmaker and then even as a podcaster. And we. We both ran our first hundred miler in 2014 down in Southern California, Angeles Crest 100, and I had done the John Muir Trail for that first time the year before that. And uh, I think we've been talking on and off for five years about doing this trip together. And when the whole world shut down and we were like, you know, there's not, there's nowhere to travel anymore. Getting to explore our backyard was like we just started talking and talking, and before we knew it, we were on the JMT. So.
3: A little, Let's note, a little bit of a side note: that Angeles Crest race does that go up over the PCT near Baden Powell? Yes. Yeah. Uh, last year, I was hiking up Baden Powell, and they were running that race. Just total coincidence. I happened wow. to be on that same time. That's funny. That's
2: yeah. Awesome. That, so that would be you probably came through in early August.
3: Um, no, this was earlier in the year. I would say maybe June, July last year. Oh, maybe and you're same you
2: probably just saw people training on the course. Literally. No, they were
3: running an actual race at the time. Anyway.
2: Okay. All right.
3: Awesome. I didn't so, see you
1: there. Sorry. <laughs> so the three of you have uh, trail running or running backgrounds. How did how did this transition to hiking the JMT? Elon, I, I know that you uh, hiked it previously before the the, vid- the documentary with the three of you in it. I know, Billy, that you – Came up over Kearsarge Pass in 2015 and got your first taste of the Sierras. But how did how did this all come together? When did you guys catch the backpacking bug, the through hiking bug?
5: I can take this one. I uh, Gabby and I met in 2017, and she was very much a straight runner, trail runner, but like you know, definitely not as much of a hiker. And uh, we did one of our first kind of big adventures together was through hiking the uh, Tahoe Rim Trail in 2018. And uh, that definitely gave her the bug. And I had done the JMT when I first moved to California and was very green to what hiking or running or any of it was. So I had uh, some hard lessons that way. And so we started daydreaming about how great it would be to do the JMT again. And it's so hard to get passes or to make time with work that, uh, you know, it wasn't really until 2020 that we were able to even think about it and then we got a lot of time off work and uh when the uh, sierra started opening back up we were able to get some permits to to start a little before the pass and uh that's when i started bugging billy like look this is uh once in a lifetime and billy is always good at season the uh, season the day you never you never know what if you call him <laughs> he's he's usually pretty open to adventures so we roped
2: him in yeah nice uh, and Sorry. Um, I think, I think the, what gets lost sometimes is that I know we have a tendency for hikers to bitch about runners and to, for runners to bitch about mountain bikers. And, you know, at the end of the day, we're all just like we're out there because we love the outdoors. And that love of the outdoors was something that really drew me into the Sierra. You mentioned the, the run I did up to Kearsarge. Yeah, it, it definitely, I never thought I would do it in a through hiking fashion, but when the opportunity presented itself, I mean, it really took the pandemic for me to realize the opportunity to to take time away and go off grid and to kind of forget about the realities of the world for a little bit. And, and um, you know, my love of the outdoors and the mountains and the Eastern Sierra in particular was the only thing driving me there. Um, so yeah, I, it was kind of a crash course in figuring out all the gear and everything, <laughs> which was interesting because I really had like just maybe a little over a month and I did as much research as I possibly could. There's some great YouTubers who specialize in gear reviews and whatnot, so I got to know them uh, you know, via YouTube. But um, yeah, I mean, that's how, uh, that's how it all kind of came to be for me. So,
1: Wow, so a month to get your gear together. Ish. So, yeah. Month-ish? Doc
2: loves, Doc loves the gear.
3: He wants to know the breakdown of everybody's gear and whatever <laughs> but so, so have you watched the one that Billy uh, put on YouTube? He has a full full breakdown of what's in his bag and everything. It's great.
1: So where did you where did you assemble your gear? was it the uh the favorite stop of, of all the new hikers REI or did you did you hit other locations?
2: So that's that's the one thing about this pandemic was that I could not go into an ARIA and physically try out packs. So there was a, (laughs) so I I actually didn't include that in the film, but it's worth noting that my lack of being able to try things on just made me do uh, the research that much more. But at the end of the day, there's still no replacing, going in there, physically putting something on your shoulders. And your waist, and trying it out. But I just did the best I could, and at the end of the day, the Osprey um, seemed to check just a couple of boxes. Um, would I go with that again? Remains to be seen. But I have it. You know, it seems to be a popular choice for first timers, so that's what I want. That's what I've got too.
4: I will add to that. And this might be my tip for the end, but we'll see. Um Gotta save it. To to Billy's misfortune, the first time that I went through hiking as well, Elon took me to REI and we had the tremendous luck of having this woman who loved to through hike and she totally fit me for my pack and she was able to we were I mean, we tried on like five different packs and she like told me how it was supposed to sit on my shoulders and on my waist and on my back. And I told her I have some pretty gnarly hip pain. Um, This is my old soul. I have sciatica and it's really just lovely. And so she got me a pack that like wouldn't pinch my nerve. And so I think to all the hikers this year that had to, you know, do what Billy did and and order online without really having that experience. it, It just put you at, I think in my opinion, a bit of a loss because I would be so lost without the wonderful woman who helped me so many years ago. Um and my pack still fits me like a glove and like it's the best. And so I'm I'm so indebted to her. And I think that the, the staff at REI are just great for that. So
3: Yeah, I had a similar experience where they fitted it out and made it fit just right and tried on multiple ones. It was so much better.
4: Totally. Yeah.
1: Now Billy, you the video is, is pretty plain. You had some problems with gear. Your- <laughs> I mean we're talking about that Osprey pack and the uh part of the 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 harness the the hip harness uh the buckle breaks off and so I had to imagine that that caused some consternation throughout the throughout the trip without a you know if it didn't buckle correctly or it always felt like it was I don't I don't know did it always pop open because of that break or how did that how did that impact you
2: Yeah so um sorry I forgot the agreement that we're going to try to stick to our uh, our trail names, by the way. So Doc <laughs> is referring to one of the prongs on my hip harness broke on my osprey. Uh, I would say, what day was it, Elon? Was it like day three when we we're going up, up and over Muir Pass? No, it was. Uh, Forester. Yeah, we
1: were going over Forester. Forest? 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 I, I think you say in the in the video, osprey. This is the four, This is day four, and it's oh, already okay. broken. So, so I remember that clearly.
2: So one of the things I really didn't anticipate. So I think that had to do with not being able to try it on, right? Um, I I do think that I may have gotten a size too big in the pack, but I also didn't anticipate how much weight I would lose in the first four days. Believe it or not, um, and Elon made a comment about this too, was just how gaunt I got like fairly quickly. I think I, at the end of the day, I probably dropped uh, over, I definitely over 10 pounds, but um, I, I didn't include this in the video, but about halfway through, I decided to use my iPhone to film myself for a certain segment. And as I was commenting, I, I, I saw myself for the first time, like on screen. And I stopped whatever I was saying at the time going, holy crap, I, I, got, I got thin. Like my face looked sunken in. Um, so I do think that contributed to the um, the. The misfit of the osprey as well, so I don't want to put it on them. I feel like I'm bad mouthing them in the video. I'm not, um, but it was a it was a combination of those two things that really led to it. So I basically ended up cinching it or tying it around my waist for the extra support. But at the resupply point, we did drop into Mammoth, and I was able to uh, converse or tell the tell my plight to a guy who was working at um, Mammoth mountaineering shop and he just so happened to have an extra prong that he replaced for free so shout out to those guys as well
1: nice nice nice. now one of the I, i know you have an ultra running background and i think you were wearing trail runners right on the on the hike yes and i couldn't figure out why you had so much problem with your feet if you, I mean, it wasn't like you were, I didn't, I didn't seem like you were, you didn't say anything about these are, these are brand new shoes or I've never tried these before. And because of your trail running background, I assumed that, you know, you were wearing a, a pair that you were comfortable with yet. Yeah. Your feet took a horrendous beating. Yeah. In fact, you know, I was a little uncomfortable by the, by the, the, the amount of foot shots in the, in the video, Billy. You I mean, a, sorry. Yeah.
2: You and a lot of people, my sister <laughs> in particular, I, she she was thoroughly grossed out when she screamed it for the first <laughs> time. I don't, blame, I don't blame her. I was getting up
5: close and personal with those feet. Yes. <laughs> I know.
4: Doc, nice. it's a mystery to us, too, why what happened to Billy's feet happened.
2: Okay, so, so here's the thing. I, I'll try to, because I did think about this a lot, Doc. I was debating whether or not to do a postscript gear, you know, gear that worked, gear that didn't video. and I still may do that but i couldn't really think about i couldn't really wrap my head around the answer like but i do think it was at the end of the day it was an amalgam of a few things first of all the trail runners are not runners that i typically run in um so long story short i did a like a everesting do you know what the concept of everesting is you basically go uphill and do repeats until you achieve the height of everest the elevation (laughs) 29,029 feet. I did that event, but it was only uphill. You weren't running downhill. So the fit of the shoe didn't necessarily matter. Um, so what I did specifically for that one event, I bought a new pair of runners with really aggressive outsoles to to um, you know grip the soil well. So I bought those at REI like the year before and I tossed them aside afterwards. They were fine for that. Um, and the socks that I run in, I've, I've run 50, 100 mile races and they were fine. I do think that A, I do have my feet generally tend to sweat excessively and, and more than the common man. So I think that was for one. And two, I just didn't do a good job of taking care of them, switching out socks, all of these things that I would have changed in retrospect. And then third, The shoes, I didn't have a chance, again, with not that much time to prep. I didn't really take in how my feet would feel after a long day of hiking. Not running, but like hiking in the shoes, weighted down by, you know, 35, 40 pounds. So it was was a combination of all these things that it's difficult to really pinpoint on just one thing. But I do think it was, at the end of the day, it was an amalgam of all of those things that I just listed
1: perfect storm of foot issues yeah yeah nice hey let's let's uh let's back up just a little bit i want to talk about the documentary itself it was it was really well done i really enjoyed it um i think what what uh what really impressed me was kind of the b-roll footage i mean you, you you took a lot of shots i know that you had to set up ahead of time set up the camera and then you guys hike, hike through the frame. And then you have to, of course, go back and get the camera. And so take us through a little bit of, of that action. Did you, I mean, how much time did you actually spend setting up a, a variety of shots? Did you have drone? I look like you had drone footage in there, uh, at least on the car trip coming in. Yeah. You had. Uh, I saw you know the car driving through the frame as you're going through, you know, along the uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. East, of, east of the Sierras. That was a pretty cool shot as well.
2: Yeah. That, I mean, all that stuff was shot. You know, on like not on not on the JMT. Um, I I didn't bring a drone for the JMT, nor would I. Um, I don't think they're allowed anyway. But yeah, there was um, it was very deliberate from the get go. I definitely wanted to document this at the very least for ourselves. Like I mentioned, um, I didn't know if we would end up putting together a film, but I'm also I think the mark of a good storyteller is just um, you know don't highlight because there, there were I definitely got some feedback of people who were saying man you complain a lot or like hey suck it up buddy I'm like yeah I get it you know but I also want to be I, I don't want to be this influencer type out on the trail going oh my god isn't this great you guys check this out look at this beautiful metal look at this beautiful man!" like if things were gonna take a turn for the worse and um, I don't know if I can cuss on your doc but I do have a bit of a potty mouth so if something comes out if you have to believe me, that's fine. But it's much
1: easier just to, it's it's much easier just to mark the, the episode explicit. So go ahead, feel <laughs> free to say what you're going to say.
2: Yeah, but I just wanted to keep it real. And if, uh, if shit was going down, I wanted to document that and be honest with people. I'm like, hey, maybe I can spare somebody down the line who think this is all like puppies and rainbows. Like I thought that it can go bad and it goes bad for a lot of people, especially if you're ill prepared, if, especially if you don't, do the necessary maintenance as you're going along the way. And, and a lot of that I can blame on my own, but, um, yeah, it was a, it, basically with all of my like documentaries where I feature myself, I, I want to be honest first and foremost, but secondly, yeah, the extra, I guess it probably amounted to miles of like setting up cameras and doing all that. I, that was just a filmmaker in me wanting to, um, not necessarily prioritize that but at least have that in mind so but you know sogo and tunes were perfectly willing to pause and do the necessary hey let's walk by the camera while i run back and retrieve the camera type shots and uh so it helps to have a really patient crew with you on your journey as well
3: all right be honest how many times did you guys roll your eyes when he said i'm gonna go get the camera and set it up ahead of us You know, it was
5: actually, to be totally honest, it was not that bad, (laughs) partly because I I work in the space, and Billy and I have done these things before. I'll actually go the other direction and give him kudos, because he was hurting for like 70% of this trip, and it was like the last thing he wanted to do sometimes, but he got it done. Like, he definitely could have been like, I'm in pain, I don't want to show this part of, you know, my life. It's it's uh it's hard to be you know show the the raw and the exposed side but i think that's what people connect with a little bit more because more often than not those are the stuff you remember so i think there was like maybe one time where i was just like we're not going to make our miles but uh i learned to let that
3: go <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> well, that was the day you guys went ahead to muir ranch right yes left them behind yeah,
5: it was right. It was like that. And it's, you know, it was part of the group dynamic too of like what our goals were to be out there and to enjoy, have this great experience, you know, us all as friends and then like me hoping to propose somewhere on the trip. But then like we all only had 14 days, like all these things coming together that you're trying to balance. And uh, one of them was trying to get to mirror trail ranch, you know, because we needed food and Billy was completely gone and I was hungry, but uh also wanting to, you know, make
1: memories from it. Yeah, Bourdain, you you got it exactly right. It is not all puppies and rainbows out there. <laughs> and us, us outdoor adventure influencers like uh, you and me, I mean, we've got to tell it like it is. In fact, the tagline on the John Freaking Muir pod is embrace the suck <laughs> because there's, there, you know, there's, there's hours and hours of suck out there for, for moments of, of absolute, just pure bliss.
2: Yeah. And, you know, we, I guess there was a bit of, um, at least on my shoulder, there was a bit of, like, I've I've run 100-mile races before. Like, how hard can through hiking or or hiking 20 miles a day, 18 miles a day, like, how hard can it be, really? And I got humbled pretty quickly. I I don't mind telling you. So there's, um, you know, respect to everybody out there. And that's why, you know, the camaraderie as – as we continued on our journey, and especially when I was suffering, just um, the compassion and the generosity of people was was really underscored and and brought to life. Because the currency out there is not monetary; it's not ego; it's just people doing whatever they can to help each other out because they know exactly what you're going through. And um, yeah, so I wanted to be honest about all that, and hopefully people will will take note <laughs> that. Um, taking care of your feet is really important to make sure you bring plenty of ibuprofen as a break in case of emergency kind of thing. Um, and a whole host of other things that you need out there.
1: Yeah. You were popping that ibuprofen on a, on a regular basis.
2: Okay. Let me
4: just say that Billy was so concerned. He was taking too much ibuprofen, but he was not taking that much. Like he was maybe taking th- three or four in a day, and there's no way you can, I'm not a doctor, nor am I a pharmacist, <laughs> or far, um, a pharmacist, but um, three a day is not gonna kill you, and it's not okay. gonna damage your liver, and you're gonna be fine, and so I I was very adamant about trying to persuade Billy to take ibuprofen, probably um, to my detriment, but.
2: Well, sometimes I just, we ran out at one point.
4: This Is true?
2: Do you want to tell that story real quick
4: <laughs> we ran out of ibuprofen what was it the day after we had just resupplied at near trail ranch and um billy's feet were in dire straits and so we we didn't leave him but we just like started hiking a little bit ahead of him and these two guys had were like hobbling towards um sogo and i and at this point it was becoming really necessary that we have ibuprofen for Billy because that was, or for Bourdain, because that was really helping him. And so I just stopped him and I asked, I said, do you by any chance have any ibuprofen on you? And they're like, oh yeah, we have tons of extra. And so they whipped out this bag of gold and in it contained multiple pills of ibuprofen. And being that we had just resupplied the day before, I had sent us all fruit roll-ups in our resupply packages and so I took out all of our fruit roll-ups and I offered them as like a barter for the ibuprofen and they didn't even ask for it, which was the greatest part is they really weren't expecting anything in return, but to be able to give them something from our packs because they were giving something from theirs was so equitable and amazing. And, um, they got so happy and they, they they just lit up with joy and, um, it was nice. It was great. So it was, it was an equal exchange, I would say.
1: Very good. Yeah. Barter system out there, but typically, uh, other hikers, they, they give you the shirt off their back to help you out. I mean, it's, it's a fantastic community.
4: Yeah, it was, it was really incredible. And, um, Yeah. I mean, Gabby,
1: Gabby
5: decided to throw away our water filter and, uh, we ran out of iodine pills we're getting close to the end and I, I had to start asking people for extras. So we,
1: yeah, uh, it, ju- it wasn't just, it wasn't just, um, Billy's hip belt or Bourdain's hip belt, um, his shoe kind of was wearing away there. Talk, talking about problems with gear. You're showing some holes in your shoe early on. And then I also had on my notes here that, you know, Gabby lost a, a water filter. Uh, Bourdain had a, had an air pad leak. I mean, it just all kinds of, all kinds of little stuff happened on this trip.
2: It happens, but it's, you know, if there's one thing we learned from, especially like 50 to hundred mile uh, ultra running mindset is, you have to be able to problem solve and, and figure things out on the fly. Whether it for us is usually you need more calories, you need to find some electrolytes, and things of that things of the like. Not necessarily this pad that you're relying on to sleep on is going to slowly leak air throughout the night, um, <laughs> but it's still problem solving at the end of the day. And um, you know, sometimes you need to lean on your community to help you out and bail you out. So it, it was great, it was great, and um, you learned a lot about uh as cheesy as this may sound like just the generosity of the human spirit it, it was on full display yep
4: yeah i i will also just add to that i think the thing that i learned the most on on this through in particular and other through hikes that we've done is like have a plan a a plan b a c and just potentially d if you need it so we brought extra iodine pills just in case something happened to our water filter and boy are we glad that we did because otherwise we would have been shit out of luck so um (laughs) that that was that was good
1: (laughs) all right hey we're gonna take a quick break and when we come back we're gonna get down into the nitty-gritty details of the hike so stay tuned for that we'll be right back
2: Hi, my name is Billy Yang. I'm a filmmaker and podcaster.
5: I'm Elon Lieber. I'm a work in marketing for Equator Coffees.
4: And I'm Gabby Modier, and I'm a run coach. And you guys are listening to the John Freakin' Muir Podcast.
1: Welcome back. We are talking to Bourdain, Sogo, and Toons about the uh, documentary that Bourdain put together, posted on YouTube called John the John Muir Trail. I almost said John freaking Muir. I'm just used to that. Uh, the John Muir Trail, uh, outstanding 54-minute documentary of their trip earlier this summer. And I kind of want to go into the nitty-gritty, some of the details, because as I told uh, Toons and Sogo before we started recording tonight, as we were waiting for for Bourdain to show up, that uh, I've I've watched the video now three times, and I feel like I feel like we're all friends. I feel like I I know you very well just from from hanging out with you on the on the trail so often. But uh, tonight's the first time we've met. But um, in watching the video again this afternoon, because I wanted to prepare for today, uh, I was I, I have all kinds of notes and uh, a lot of a lot of funny things I want to talk to you guys about. So. Number one is your, your trip took 14 days, and you went northbound. You started uh, south of Whitney. You summited Whitney, and that was the official start of the John Trail for you, and you guys finished up in Happy Isles, and it took 14 days, right?
3: Correct. That's all i ass.
1: Yeah, that's a good clip.
5: And we was, you know, it was really, honestly, it was like 12 days. I mean, our first and last days were like eight miles, so we we, can, we did it the majority of it in about 12.
1: Yeah, and, and of there's a lot of little fun parts to your documentary, Bourdain. One one was were the food reviews, which is very appropriate to your trail name. I love the food reviews. Uh, I think there were several sprinkled throughout the the documentary where you would, you would all kind of share what kind of food you're eating and and give your scores and sometimes the scores changed or maybe where they were inflated either because of how hungry you were or because of uh, side condiments that you guys added so um, what was your favorite meal out on the trail tunes
4: oh i don't even need to think about this so my favorite meal out on the trail is um oh damn i forget the brand um <laughs> spaghetti mountain and meat house.
3: Sauce? house mountain house mountain that's house that's the best, that's thank, the best.
4: You. thank you friends spaghetti and meat ha- uh sp- spaghetti and mountain house um spaghetti and meat sauce and it is so good it ha- i it has rosemary in it like fresh rosemary um it's not it is- fresh <laughs> well, it's not <laughs> fresh but it's freeze dried i can just imagine like some little old granny in italy like cutting her rosemary and shipping it off to mountain house and me enjoying it um it tastes like your home and when you're on the trail that at least to me like that spaghetti and meatball taste is just i'm
3: I'm right there with you that's one of my favorite ones the ones that are really spicy because my stomach gets all screwed up on the trail that but that spaghetti and meatballs is really really good same thing you just feel comfortable
4: yeah exactly
1: solid choice sogo how about you
5: I,
3: uh, I only really had
5: like two variations. <laughs> they were, they were the the people that were like really into the food I was eating to live. And, uh, <laughs> I think I just had the uh, pad thai from, uh, good to go. Good to go. I loved it. I could eat pad thai every night, the rest of my life. I will not agree with my wonderful fiance and saying that I imagined someone in uh, Southeast Asia cooking this up and shipping <laughs> it to good to go. <laughs> it was very dehydrated, but, uh, it did the job.
1: Yeah, Tunes is just romantic at heart. She she, yeah. she has this this vision out there that, uh, yeah. awesome.
2: That's her backstory.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and Bourdain, how about you?
2: Well, uh, let's see. So first of all, yes, they were a hundred percent inflated by how hungry we were. I fully admit to that. The old adage of never. Um, what is it? Never go shopping while you're hungry. Never give food reviews when you're absolutely famished either, but um, (laughs) I'm I'm fine with that. I, I'm going to give some love to Alpine. I think it's Alpine Air. The, um, what was it? It was like the chicken, chicken, like creamy chicken and rice or something. Um, It, it, what, so I started adding couscous to my meals. So I feel like the score could have been higher. If you, if you look at the video, I actually admit it, admit as much. Um, so it was a little bit dry, but I just remember the texture was super creamy and um, I felt like the quality of ingredients is just better than Mountain House. Uh, no offense, Gabby, outside okay. of the fresh rosemary. I'm sure it's all, you know, anyway, but <clears throat> I will go Alpine Air, um, the chicken, I, the exact name of the product escapes me, but it's some kind of creamy chicken rice bab, and uh, it was delicious.
1: And what was the rating out of 10 that you gave it?
2: I don't, I don't even remember the name, so I don't remember the rating, but it was up there. Um, it was slightly diminished by, like I said, the dryness, but that was because I added uh, like a handful of couscous into it. <laughs> Didn't
3: one of you have uh, ramen and spam?
2: Was, yes, oh, I, I was
1: just gonna say. I was just okay. gonna say, Bourdain surprised me with that answer because I, uh, he had the he had the spam and ramen, and he had, he gave it an eight point eight out of ten.
3: Because our, our friend Buddy, who goes with us, that's all he would have was ramen and spam every night. Okay, just like the, just like the pad thai, it's ramen and spam. Yep.
2: So I actually eat this at home. This is uh, Shin Ramen by my um, by people working on my motherland. I can tell you they are. There are actually grandmothers slaving. They <laughs> really <I> are. <laughs> yes. Yes. Back in back in the motherland, that is uh, South Korea. No, I've totally changed my answer. It is 100% Shin Ramen because this Mad. is stuff I actually eat at home. The spam part I could probably do with that. I just added for extra calories. But um, I, I mean, Elon and Gabby, you guys were pretty blown away by the taste too, right?
4: Oh, so good.
5: Billy sent that as a gift to us. <laughs> Posted. Like, I ate it in like two days. It was so good.
4: Yeah. And the, and the thing is too, like, it looks delicious. Like when Billy or Bourdain would open his little, yeah, ink cup or whatever, and it it looks like you could buy something at a restaurant. It was just amazing.
2: Yeah. Da- it photographed well. Yeah.
1: Doc, da- can <laughs> we give your viewers one
5: recommendation on a meal not?
1: eat <laughs> yes you i think if it's the one you mentioned a couple of times in, in the video go ahead let's share it that thing billy please that thing was disgusting i, I don't
5: even <laughs> think that's food i think that that there was like rubber things in there i mean it's horrible so
4: it's chicken fried rice for all yeah. you viewers and listeners out there
2: yeah it's yeah. uh it's god awful it was the ingredients <laughs> tasted fake didn't really taste like chicken either um yeah, the consensus was that was the worst thing we had out on the trail, for sure, by a landslide.
1: Yeah, cho- Chopper and I would say, I think we'd be on the same page, Chopper. We would we would recommend to our listeners and viewers, stay away from the Chili Mac.
3: Yes. That
1: seemed to destroy whoever no! had it.
3: No! Those are fighting wars to do. Oh. oh. For me, the extra spice <laughs> out on the trail. After a while, my stomach is like, nope. No. Nobody else wants to be around me either.
4: <laughs> so... Funny story, I got um, a chili mac from a random stranger at Red's Meadow. He was just giving away food because he was stopping his through hike early. And so I very boldly, in the time of corona, decided that was a great idea and put it in my pack and had it, I think, on the penultimate day of our hike and or the penultimate evening, and it was so good. I loved it.
1: It's, it's good it's good going down but boy you're stuck uh, yeah, yeah it, 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 it didn't seem to sit right with us Ooh,
2: yeah. all right we, all right so we're gonna i'm gonna pivot a
1: little bit hang on billy uh bourdain before you pivot i need to go yeah. back to one thing that elon said i'm sorry sogo i mean i'm so familiar with your, your name names now that i i, I, I <laughs> I've, I've screwed up the whole trail yeah, name thing. So. Well, I'm, I'm gonna call you whatever i'm gonna call you uh, <laughs> apologies uh, Sogo said that at the end, after the hike was over, that Bourdain gifted them some Shin Ramen. And so, Chopper, I want you to consider yourself lucky that after we finished our hike, I got us engraved beer, mu- oversized beer mugs with our trail names and you know the years that we did the JMT. So, I mean, oh, that's great. Yeah, you, you could have had Shin Ramen instead of the the beer mugs. So there you go. You
3: were just still hoping for for me to give you some tortillas.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Still angry about that day. That's another story. That's right. You
4: guys are all much nicer because when we finished the hike, I just sent Billy powdered milk. So I I really feel like a schmuck now. (laughs)
2: Yeah, the actual powdered milk that you put in your sweaty pack. (laughs)
3: But as I recall, that was one of your favorite things.
4: Oh my God, hands down. Are you kidding me? You can have a latte on the trail.
3: I work in the coffee industry, and that is not a lot. Of time.
4: Yes, it is. <laughs> but when
3: you're on the trail, it's just like the mountain house spaghetti and meatballs isn't really spaghetti and meatballs, right? Exactly.
4: Right. It it takes the coffee game from a four to like a nine point eight. Like you just, it becomes a ritual. You stir your milk, you get it all hot, and then you you pour in your Starbucks dark roast via. In there and oh then you see that <laughs> oh it's so good it's delicious
1: Bourdain what, what side trail did you want to take us down
2: well you you reminded me when you mentioned how you guys reacted to the chili Mac um, I, I want to talk about one thing that was not included in the video was which was uh, Elon's how should I put this delicately? <laughs> Look, he
3: is- knows about altitude parts. It's
5: not a big deal. <laughs> <man>. <laughs> my,
3: my son calls them altitudes.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so good. But the but the <laughs> it, it I, I think I I lost count after a while, but I felt like it averaged about one every like two and a half minutes or so. It was just nonstop, and poor Gabby, I don't know how she did it. Sharing a tent with him but god bless her heart but you know like it, there was nothing necessarily wrong with his stomach he was just like he's a very there's a lot of gas in that in that package that's that was part wrong. of his.
1: that was part of his uh propulsion method helped him on the uphills <laughs> exactly. it definitely helped him more than it did the uh, tunes and i that's for sure
4: because we were behind him because he was faster than us so it's a miracle we're alive honestly <laughs>
3: Yeah, the other thing, when you live on the trail together for fourteen days, you know way too much about each other. Oh yeah,
2: yeah. You know, you know That's your sacred bathroom schedules. You know how how often they toot. Yeah, all of that is nothing's nothing's off the table.
1: Sogo, I'm thinking that you should be pretty happy with Sogo because I'm thinking there could be some other trail names given to you.
3: <laughs> could be worse. Yeah. Uh, is that full here. I see. <laughs> could have been Chili Mac. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Very good, hey, another, another cool thing that I thought you guys did was the, 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 the large number of scenes that I saw with the mini bottles of alcohol. Who was carrying all the mini bottles?
5: Billy. That was Billy. Nice. Billy
2: yeah. Uh, it, you know, I just brought a handful, figured at the end of the day, kicking around a campfire with a nice uh, nip of bourbon, some fine American Kentucky bourbon would be a nice touch and it was, it was fine. It was fine. It was, it was nice. And uh, also uh, able to give it out to new friends that we met along the way. So um, yeah, it was just a nice touch. I, the ultra lighters, the ultra guys out there probably uh, would poo poo that or whack their finger at it. But you know, just any little thing to make, to uh, remind you of home, not that I drink excessively, but anything <laughs> to make you feel that uh, sense of you know home and and a little reward at the end of the and at the end of each day, long days um, was a nice touch
1: and surpri- it also- surprisingly it did the the alcohol didn't seem to help you sleep any better though
2: not the first couple of nights, but definitely after a while, especially when we're uh, creekside, I slept great, yeah. well and when my pad you know wasn't leaking
1: right right tunes i cut you off what were you gonna say
4: no i was just gonna add that it warms you up too a little bit which is a nice perk so if you're cold-blooded like me like a shot of bourbon makes you feel warm and fuzzy
1: (laughs) yeah way back in the days before covid uh chopper here he surprised us all by bringing in uh a flask of fireball on our last for our last night on the JMT, which was very cool.
3: Nice. Awesome. <laughs> it doesn't taste good, but it was one of those things like it just did seem like a good a good thing at the time.
2: Yeah, I am not a fireball fan. Um neither am I. It just sounded right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and I also have to commend you guys on the number of times you had full body immersions in either lakes or rivers <laughs> or streams. That was that's bonkers. You know, we, we've done it a couple of times and, you know, the water is so cold up there. It takes your breath away. And I don't know how you guys did it, you know, day after day after day, but you guys, you guys did a really great job of uh, taking that opportunity and jumping in. Yep. We
4: owe that credit to Bill, to Bourdain, I think a hundred percent, but I, I would, if I can speak for all three of us, I would say it was for sure a highlight.
5: Yeah. It's probably one of my favorite parts of the trip. I, uh, I was very resistant to it in the beginning. Cause I was just like, exactly what you're saying it's gonna be so cold it's shocking the system i just want to keep moving but it's very refreshing and then it kind of became like a little ritual and uh i wish we could have even done it more it was really nice
2: yeah i was telling the guys that it was just like a natural shot uh, injection of espresso that um you know if we were if our moods were down if your things were lagging a little bit we were tired it just it would perky ride back up and so it was a nice little jolt to the system and it was a nice way to clean up at the end of each day
4: when if i if i can share a small anecdote we um oh man what was the pass i call this one the pass from hell because the approach was so long it was so hot bourdain ate lasagna in the middle of the day on his way up this pass god knows why um I was suffering. The, the the end of the day was approaching and, you know, mood was trash. No one was having fun at that point. Um, I was having fun. Well, yeah. we were having fun. Fun is a relative con- is a relative term, right? So we get to the top of the path. Finally, we all three kind of reconnect because we had sort of gone on our own paces and um, – the day sort of escaping us and we we had wanted to get a lot further than we did. And I think we were all just feeling a little bit melancholy for that reason. And so we start the descent, it's gravelly. We're all sort of tripping up and we're getting nervous that we're again, going to fall short of our mileage targets. And we get to Lake Marjorie and Bourdain turns to us and he just is like, I'm jumping in. (laughs) And at that point, I think we were all just sort of like, oh God, like we got to keep going. We got to keep moving. But we all sort of relented and took our packs off and Bourdain jumped in and then famously I took my top off and I jumped in too. And it was amazing. And we, we all just, it changed our perspective on everything. Like it, I think it set the tone for the rest of the trip too, that like Carpe Dam is real and you have to seize every moment. And those lakes were just such a beautiful reminder of that and I mean these alpine lakes are untouched and you just it was so it was incredible how our moods shifted so dramatically too and yeah I just I wish we were all back there right now but it was great.
1: Yeah, that's, that Lake Marjorie's just below Pincho Pass.
4: Yeah, yeah. Pincho the the Pass <laughs> from Hell it shall be named.
1: Beautiful lake though.
4: <laughs> yeah yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: All right. Um, also, when you started out on top of Mount Whitney, I've, I recognize something on top there that again, we're talking small world. I want to see if, uh, if the world, the hiking world is indeed small. You guys are holding up the Mount Whitney sign,
5: mm-hmm. correct?
1: And the Mount correct. Whitney sign seemed to be broken. It was held in place by like a couple of uh, pieces of rope holding mm-hmm. it together.
5: Mm-hmm. That's correct. Is it accurate? Yeah.
1: Okay. So I know the story behind the broken sign at, on the top of Mount Whitney. Oh, no way. Yeah. My step cousin, who, uh, her her trail name is BA, but her, she goes by Jessica. She and her uh, boyfriend at the time uh, did the John Muir Trail earlier this summer, and they went southbound, and they finished on top of Whitney. And on top of Whitney, he proposed. And she was holding the sign at that point, and she, like, Flipped out through the sign and broke the sign. So Yeah. yeah my, my cousin is the one who broke the sign. And uh, I guess evidently it's still broken, but it's being held together by some rope there. So there you go. Oh, that's hilarious. Small world.
3: That was earlier this year, wasn't it?
1: That was, yeah. Yeah. But I think actually
5: the day we were up there, someone had just glued it back together. Somehow the word had gotten around, I think, of your step cousin. Yeah. Uh, someone glued it and then they they put rope so that we you know, stay secure for a while, but I think it's been resurrected. It's back.
1: Okay, good. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but to her. <laughs> yeah. There's something about that trail and people wanting to get married. We don't, I don't know why.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So for our, for our listeners out there who didn't just see that, uh, tunes <laughs> held up her, her ring finger because, one of the surprise parts of the documentary, Bourdain. Am I allowed to say this? I don't want to spoil the. I don't want to spoil the documentary.
2: <laughs> yeah, say it.
1: Okay, so when when they finish their northbound hike and they're they're at Happy Isles at the sign, uh, Sogo flashes his guns, gets down on a knee. And pops out the ring and, and pops the question to Tunes. What a what a fantastic finish that came out of nowhere. I didn't see that coming, and <laughs> that was that was so awesome. That was a great part of the video. Yeah, it was really special. It was really special. Did I, did you, uh,
3: yeah, did you intend to do it at the end, or were you saying, okay, every day? Am I going to do it today? Am I going to do it today? Am I going to do it today? Definitely closer to the every day. I think when we started, my initial
5: thought was I would do it on the top of some paths you know depending which one i wasn't sure but i was like you know one of these is going to feel right we'll be up there having lunch it'll be beautiful bluebird and i told billy beforehand like that was kind of the plan and then somewhere like three or four days in i started realizing like we're exhausted by the time we get to the top like that's not going to be the most romantic enjoyable spot to get down on me and then i think towards the end i started thinking well maybe we'll, these lakes these lakes are also beautiful i'll do it then And there's a scene towards the end right after Thousand Island Lakes where I thought that was going to be the day. And as I was thinking about that, Gabby, who was leading the charge going up the next pass, and, like, I looked at the map. There was a lake after that pass. It was morning, so I didn't think we were going to be that tired. She insanely rolled her ankle. And so, yeah, at that moment, after that, because we were definitely nervous we would have to stop, I just felt like if we can get to the end, it's a great – indicator that if she says yes, then, uh, we can get through anything. So it worked out.
1: Yeah. And like, I was it chopper that said this there, there's no place to hide out on the trail. I mean, if you, if you guys did 14 days together on the trail, you know, 24 hours a day, for those 14 (laughs) days, you guys, you guys are going to be a successful couple. I mean, if you guys, if you guys know all of that about each other and you're still willing to get married to each other, it's all gravy from here.
3: I'm the lucky one for sure. Definitely. Smooth <laughs> hmm. sailing, yeah. No, it was pretty nice. I was watch- I was watching the uh, the video, <clears throat> and my wife sat down for like just that section, and she's like, "Oh, how sweet!" It's like, <laughs> that's awesome. you <laughs> loved it. That's awesome. Yeah, that
5: was great. Well, it was awesome to have Billy out there with us too, and being able to document and look back. And you know, my family. I grew up in Ohio, and my grandparents are back there, so I sent them a clip, and it's cool to be able to share that with them even right now. So. Yeah, we
2: uh, we talked about this before the trip. I knew he was going to propose, but to as Elon was saying, the idea constantly pivoted and evolved because it would have been somewhat anticlimactic. Like I, there were a couple times I pulled Elon aside and said, "Maybe, yeah, maybe we just wait until (laughs) finished because this." you know, it would have been nice to be a <laughs> place, but then you never know how the next day is going to go. And there were plenty of, you know, literal and figurative up and downs. And, you know, it would have kind of dulled the the otherwise excitement of, you know, spending the rest of your life with someone. So I think we made the right call. Um, <laughs> like I had a hand. In <laughs> thing, you know, but yeah, I, I, I do think that uh, ultimately, Elon did the best, or Sogo did the best uh, job by just waiting till the end, and it was like the perfect, the perfect moment at that point.
1: Yeah, Sogo, I gotta, I, I, I'm gonna ask you a question. I want an honest answer. Was there ever a time on this hike that you were thinking, "Man, Billy's feet are gonna screw up my proposal"?
5: <laughs> for sure, <laughs> for sure. I mean, I was definitely nervous that we were not gonna make it. There were a few days where I was like, "I don't think we're gonna get to the end. Like, it's not gonna happen." And then. There were a couple times, too, where I kept the ring in those shorts. They have, like, a bunch of great pockets. And I was, like, constantly checking. There were a couple times where, like, a pocket would be open. Or I would just be, like, so freaked out. So the last day, and, like, it's all downhill for us, just getting to the finish. Like, that's all I could. I think I said, like, three words. And they kept running up in the head. And they were so excited. And I was just, like, sweating bullets. Like, I was getting so nervous.
4: That last day, too, this has nothing to do with me being proposed to um, though. I am really excited about it. And I love, I love Elon very much. Um, I'll also never forget because I lost a bet that I'm really disappointed about to Billy and it reveals my true age and um, I can elaborate.
1: <laughs> you gotta tell us more. I can't, I can't just leave it at that. Yeah.
4: I was really convinced that oh, yeah. Cheryl Crow sang "Walking on Sunshine," right? But um, she, didn't. she did <laughs> not. Nope. and so I had to buy uh, Bourdain dinner when we finished the trail. And he, but to be fair though, Bourdain, you don't actually know who sang the song. You just know it was certainly not Cheryl Crow.
5: That was the bet.
4: I know, but still, I'm just saying. <laughs>
5: she, she, yeah. Tunes can never lose a bet.
4: I'm We just have like saying. 100
5: <laughs> bets running on this trip that she has not yet
3: lost, uh, just have not been verified.
2: <laughs> you
3: can't uh, Google anything when you're out there.
2: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is how people get, uh, Tunes, this is how people disputed things back in the day. <laughs> right? Before Google, when there was a bet that had to be made and you know, you didn't know the answer, you couldn't get it immediately in your, your iPhone, this is how people conversed. Um, I do want to bring something up. Um, you guys mentioned the problems with my feet. And I didn't really discuss this in the video, but when we went to our resupply point back to Mammoth, where I picked up the buckle and everything, or the harness, um, my feet were probably like the worst. Like they they had actually swelled up to the point that it was it was tender to the touch. And I was, I was about 80% certain I was not going to make it, like 80%. Um, it was really, really high, and I was looking for any out whatsoever. And, um, you know, obviously, I'm glad I finished, but it was, it was really touch and go for a while because it, it had gotten really, really bad, and I didn't want to fully show it, but it was, uh, it was a real low point you think there was something more going on than just the blisters or well at that day certainly there was i, I don't know if it was, it was just a combination of everything where um uh, you know the feet got swollen the um you know the blisters were just uh you know really raw and, and bad and and uh, there were flesh being ripped off by some of the bandages and the tape and uh yeah it was it was really tough for a while
5: i think part of it too was Billy got behind on calories early on and like we were talking about you know he got he thinned out really quick and so then his body was at a deficit and then his body started having some issues
3: right
5: so it was really hard for him to like like he slept really soundly because his body was trying to recover but at the same time it was dealing with all these multiple stressors that yeah I know him and I had a conversation in Mammoth without Gabby and we were like I was nervous about you know is this the right thing to do of You want to be out there you want to enjoy the trip but also like you got to take care of your body so it was uh, i'm glad we all were able to make it happen
1: yeah we've kind of we've kind of gone through a long list of challenges you guys had to overcome with uh, you know the gear malfunctions the lost water filter gabby um, tunes twisting her ankle and that seemed like it was it was a pretty serious injury but she was able to walk it off thank goodness yeah and then yeah. Billy's Billy's feet. Um, I know that after after MTR, you 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 actually verbalized on the video that that you were you were thinking of bailing out. You had these thoughts of bailing out, and you didn't know if you were going to be able to make it or not. And so you know, it wasn't just rainbows and puppies out there. I mean, you guys really struggled at times. But let's uh, maybe let's move forward, move off of the the negative stuff, and let's talk <laughs> let's let's talk about some of the positives. I mean, the positive of the proposal. But um, also, did you guys have a favorite campsite out there? Because as I was watching the video, Chopper, I don't know if you if you had the same yeah. you had the you had the the the, the same recollection. Yeah. You guys camped in two places that we we camped in. Uh, yeah. I had very vivid memories of this down at um, South Fork Kings River. Uh, we, we camped at that spot and right by the water's edge. And it was, it was awesome, but also up by Tully hole and that fireplace, the, uh, you know, the huge wow, stone that, rock. that yeah. was, that was our campsite as well. And that well, was another, another one, one. Yeah. So did you guys, let's, let's talk about some favorites out there. Do you guys have some favorite campsites?
5: Yeah, I, uh, I have a few, the, um, uh, the one we, we stayed at after uh, Mirror Pass was really cool. I can't remember. We'd, we'd really gone like it was a big day and it was just like so satisfying to be able to relax and be right down the water and like just late in the water we finished pretty early in that day. Like I think we were done at, like 4 or 3.30, 4pm and just like hanging out at our camp was so nice.
1: So was that Wanda Lake? That's Wait, just-
4: what? After, after Mirror? No, after Mirror, we hightailed it to Paiute,
3: that's a long way.
4: That's a lot but but uh, but we didn't make it because Billy was having feet problems. Right. So I mean, Paiute Creek was was that night.
3: Yeah,
5: that so. That's right. what
4: you're saying. Yeah. Okay. Okay. He's still like okay. we're good. We're good. <laughs> and we we miraculously found Billy, and we, it was like very yeah. community. Yeah, based. was
3: all those
5: people there before yes, MTR. Yes, right. It was, it was really cool. It was like, we hadn't seen anybody like half of that day. And we left Billy, we we're like super down and it was just like so relaxing to be there.
1: So after MTR, so you guys split up before MTR, mm-hmm. Billy catches up. And in the, in the documentary, it's a, it's a very brief clip of Billy walking into camp and uh, Toons poking her head out from the tent saying, oh my God, you made it. How did you make it? And then it, it cut away. So I, I, I wasn't sure where exactly that was. So you're saying that was at Paiute? Oh, you creek. Wow, that's a haul. Yeah.
4: It it was a haul. And the fact that I peeked out of my tent as excited and elated as I was was because Billy, I think at that point, right, it was the first time you decided to hiking sandals. And when we decided to try and get to our resupply, um you had like decided that you were going to start walking in your sandals and I just was like holy shit this is intense and you made it in your sandals and then that's why I was so, it was like 10 miles of downhill you had to there's a like massive creek crossing um you have to go down like this huge granite staircase
3: mm-hmm.
4: and then you get to Paiute Creek and we were out, out, out
5: of food and <laughs> so, some people gave us food because we were pretty much our stuff was empty it was a great night yeah. <laughs>
4: <laughs> you me never really <laughs>
1: <laughs> tunes was that your favorite campsite as well
4: um negative my favorite campsite was right after lake marjorie um i don't remember what that campsite was but it was the first night we got fire and we were so jazzed on it and that's the best feeling oh it was tremendous and like we we got warm we had hot chocolate we i think that was one of the first times we started re- like really seriously rating our food and we were just in better spirits
5: yeah. it was great we also i loved uh thousand island lakes we camped there and there was a big storm we were just like watching the storm it was really beautiful
1: nice yeah thousand island lake is is uh it's very beautiful planet. yep yeah. yep ordain how about
2: you let say thousand island but it it felt a little too crowded for my liking. I, I know that sounds like a weird thing to say because, you know, there was a good amount of distancing. But, um, you know, I, I would have to probably say that spot by the creek in Yosemite Valley, you guys, remember mm-hmm. where um, this is right before I kind of uh, crawl into my tent and just reflect on the journey. That's when I really felt like, oh, my God, I can't believe I'm going to finish this. Yeah, like I was there was so much doubt day in and day out for a variety of reasons. But when we finally descended down and we were in the valley and we stopped there and I was, you know, you, there's a creek right nearby, which is always my favorite because I love always love that white noise. But to be able to clean up right before dinner and to get in, uh, you know, to, to your clean ish clothes. To wind down at camp, and you're you're just you can smell the barn, and it. I just remember I was like, oh my god, like, I'm I'm 100% gonna finish this, and there was absolutely no doubt. So I could ease into it more and appreciate the little things more. And that was the most frustrating thing about the whole feed issue. It wasn't necessarily that, oh my god, I'm in pain and this sucks, but it was, it was in the context of where I was and this thing that I felt. with every single step just detracted me away from the beauty of the JMT. And I wish I was able to articulate that a little bit better because that was the juxtaposition of the two things that I was going through my my body in those moments was the most frustrating thing. But um, yeah, from that point on or from really since we were able to resupply that things just took a turn for the better and, um, you know, the fee problems were a lot more manageable.
1: Yeah, from being just moments away from bailing out, Bourdain, I mean, you, you really made a, a startling recovery, a turnaround, and finished strong. That it was, it was another part of the video that I really enjoyed, was that turning point for you.
2: Ibuprofen.
4: <laughs> Chopper, I would like to add that on this night of Billy's Paradise, I consumed chili mac, and it was delicious. <laughs>
1: Very nice. And on that note, we're going to take another quick break. When we come back, we're going to get to uh, kind of some takeaway moments from from the journey and uh, some other uh, information about Bourdain's media empire. So we'll get back to that right after the break.
0: Hey, Hiker Trash, this is Ginger Balls. You're listening to the John Frickin' Meir Podcast.
1: And welcome back. Uh, Once again, we're talking to Bourdain, Sogo, and Toons about their their trip on the JMT this past summer, Uh, the proposal that took place, and all the mirth and merriment that has uh, uh, gone on since. So... um, let's stick with the favorites before we, before we move on from this uh, stick with the favorites. This time I want to talk about what was your favorite moment from the trail? And I'm just going to take out the, the proposal just take that out of the equation. I mean, you can't use that as your favorite moment. That's stipulated. That's probably your favorite moment, but what, what else uh, out there really, really got to you and said, you know, this is why we're doing it. This is fantastic. So uh, Bourdain, I'm going to start with you this time.
2: Yeah. I, two places immediately come to mind. Uh, one, indisputably was descending Forrester a long gradual descent down Forrester you're still you know above 13,000 feet it's just craggy alpine you know the the views were amazing and you were slowly descending which you know obviously made it a lot easier and you were able to enjoy it more and it was early on in the trip for us so we um you know, there, was, there were no issues whatsoever to speak of. So that definitely comes to mind. Um, the other, I forget the name of the meadow, but there was that meadow that we, uh, that I shot on our way up Muir Trail. Maybe you guys, Chopper and Doc, maybe you guys would know it better than I would. But I just remember looking at it and it was off to our side. And finally, I, I turned to Gabby and Elon and said, like, we have to we have to stop in there. So we took a little detour to sit in that meadow and take some shots. And um, those two areas definitely stand out as
1: highlights. Was it in Evolution Valley? Was it McClure Meadow?
2: Yes. That's what I
1: was thinking.
5: Nailed it, yeah. I knew it was Evolution.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I've got a great shot uh, from our 2015 trip of Chopper and Buddy standing on the trail and just looking out over the meadow. And they had no idea I was taking a picture of them kind of looking at the meadow. And it's just awe-inspiring. You know, you can just see like they're thunderstruck looking at at this amazing sight out there.
5: That's
4: well said. Yeah. I'll I'll go next. Okay. Um, Billy, you stole part of mine. I was gonna, I echo that as well. That meadow is jaw-dropping. And I think we hit it at this golden hour of the day where we were exhausted. And I think we were, we all kind of felt like we were hallucinating because it was just so beautiful and peaceful. And it's something that you would see in one of those calm apps with like the wind (laughs) rustling through the grass and there's no one else around and... It was truly spectacular. Um, So aside from the beauty of that, I would say my favorite moment, um, it makes me laugh every time I think about it. And I I feel like such a dweeb admitting that, but um, as we were descending into Yosemite Valley, um, we got really lucky the whole trip, but it never rained. And so Uh. the fact that we never had to use our rain covers was (laughs) hilarious to me. Um, but on this one day, it started. It started to rain, and Billy takes out his rain cover, and it's red. And ours are black. And he puts it on his backpack, and he looks like a strawberry, like a moving <laughs> strawberry. And put put them two together, and I was just behind. They looked like these moving ninja turtles just walking through the valley, and it was. So hysterical I I couldn't contain myself she couldn't
5: stop laughing I couldn't, like, half
4: stop, I couldn't stop laughing every time I see a picture of it it, it genuinely makes me laugh and I think like my takeaway is that just the experience of being out on the trail with Billy and Elon was so fun and like despite the rough and tumble moments they you guys really made it the best and so I'm really grateful for
5: you two. For made each other thing. laugh like nonstop, which I thought <laughs> was so weird because they would oscillate between like hating me and then laughing at each <laughs> other and back and forth. But that was a good one. I don't
1: know. Yeah. Nice. Hey, Sogo. I'm gonna give you a moment to collect your thoughts because I wanted to. T- I wanted to follow up on the the rain comment there by by Tunes, and both Chopper and I have had very fine moments in the rain on the trail. Um, I wanna I wanna relay a story where. We were we had gotten to Guitar Lake on the the <laughs> night before we we're going to get off the trail. This is our last campsite, and uh, right as we're setting up camp at Guitar Lake, it starts to rain. And we, we in the last 24 hours prior to this, I mean, we had had our fair share of rain and rolling thunderstorms uh, through through the through the you know, right, right over our camp. It was it was, intense. It was intense. It was intense, and so we we were going on you know, zero sleep and we get to guitar Lake and we're setting up camp and chopper is, is setting up his tent and it starts raining and chopper has just had enough at this point. <laughs> and there are people, other people, not related to our, our, our party, other people who already have their, their tents set up. And then I'm sure they're relaxing in their tents and chopper just is letting loose with, you know cursing at the world at this point <laughs> he just could not wiping like my
3: arms in the air <laughs> yelling <it down. laughs> every obscenity i could think of
1: yeah and, but to his credit you know once once the rain stopped and we were able to kind of fire up dinner he he uh, apologized to the folks around us and said hey sorry about that i just they
3: were like totally get it it's all good <laughs>
1: <laughs> i hit my breaking point and I, it also makes me laugh because I had a similar experience. I had a couple of, of experiences similar to that, but uh, I was gonna tell the one about Garnet Lake, but I guess the one at the bottom of Forester is even funnier. Forster's
3: better.
1: Yeah. So we, I've been over Forester twice.
3: Something rain.
1: Yeah, I've been over Forester twice. And in each of those times, it has been fraught with danger, with you know, 35 mile an hour winds, uh, uh, hail, lightning thunder we got two metal poles in our hands you know and we yeah. end up going over the top of forester and on the descent you know the trail we're going southbound so the trail going down the, those switchbacks the trail was just water it was like a stream it was that's how hard it was raining and, and rocks
3: rolling down the trail it was it was scary
1: yeah and we i think we were we were borderline hypothermic but because we were in our shorts and maybe we had our rain jackets on we got down to the bottom and we said, I said, I I have to stop. I've got to put something, I've got to put, I've got to warm up. I am freezing. Chopper, he doesn't even, he hardly breaks stride. He just keeps going. But I, (laughs) I, uh, he he said, yeah, he had to keep moving. I got to keep moving to keep warm. So he kept going, but I pulled out of my pack. I pulled out the rain pants and I I put the rain pants on and I (laughs) I realized
3: three hours into the rain.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I, I realized as I'm, as I'm Standing up, and I've struggled to get them over my boots. And I, I, I finally get them on. And I realize, oh man, I've got them on backwards. Oh so no! I sit down again. I take them off. I struggle to get them off over my boots. I put them on again, and then I, I'm pulling them up, and I realize, no, I had them on the right way the first time. I've now put them on backwards. So it was again one of those moments of, of oh. screaming, screaming at the world. You know, just yeah. at my last, my last bit of uh, patience with the world. So. Funny moments in the rain brings out the best in us. Yes, definitely.
5: It's like always the simplest stuff too. You know? yeah. Why Why is this really getting me? And then an hour later, you're great.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Right. So, I, right, I, so go.
5: I have a couple. Uh, I wouldn't say this is my favorite moment, but thinking back, it was very funny. There was a, a section where I'm blanking on the pass, but we were coming down and – the whole trip beforehand, we've been hearing that the flies this year, mosquitoes were just horrible. So many gnats out there, all this stuff. So, like, we had gotten kind of nervous. Like, people like that I knew that would get out in the wilderness quite a bit, they're like, yeah, it's just nasty this year. Like, good luck to you. It's just going to drive you nuts, like, nonstop. And we didn't have any bad experiences at all. Do you remember the name of this pass? I don't remember. Anyway, we were coming down this pass, and... All of a sudden, we just get swarmed with Oh, nets. it was after mirror. It was after Muir? Yeah, it was okay. on our
4: way down from mirror.
5: And for like 10 minutes, we were just sprinting with nets on, just like smacking our bodies, like just going nuts. And it was so disgusting. But it was, looking back, it was kind of funny because I just had this image in my head of just all of us freaking out. And then that, they were gone. I mean, there were, you know, there were bug bites throughout the trip. that were a little annoying, but... It was a very condensed, like, I felt like it was like a 10 plagues kind of moment. And we're just like, was, were yeah.
4: Um, I have no idea why you chose that as your favorite No, moment, no,
5: it's It was just a I, moment that stuck out. I have a different favorite moment.
4: I know. I, okay. I also tangent, I realize this is a podcast, so your listeners are not going to be able to um, see what I'm about to show you guys. But here's Strawberry Ninja Turtle Billy. Very nice.
1: Nice. I mean,
4: are you kidding me? Okay. Next one.
1: So look all of you, at- all of our listeners out there, you also realize now that this is being also broadcast on YouTube, the video. So make sure you tune into the video version oh. of this episode. Exactly.
3: Definitely share those with Doc. He'll post them on uh, Instagram.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I will, hundred percent. It. I don't having a bad day. I just look at this and I, I just go. We wrap have.
5: Up we just. To keep, yeah, to <laughs> keep to keep uh, Billy's beautiful <laughs> video in check, we have lots of miserable photos. <laughs> that <we can> share. <laughs> Okay, so my, one of my really touching moments was when we were, got to the top of Whitney. It was a little different doing the trip starting before Whitney. So we had like two days, about 40-ish miles to get to the start of the JMT. And for me, I had done the JMT from Yosemite to Whitney. And so just getting to Whitney, it's a couple days in, like you're thinking about it, everything builds to that. And being at the top of the continental US with one of my best friends, with my future fiance. Gabby started crying like it was such an awesome moment because I knew at the time and it came true like I knew we were going to get to the finish and I knew like every step between there and Happy Isles was going to be an adventure and it felt cool
3: did you almost pull the ring out at that point
5: I there were too many people you know it was like I was too like excited to get moving but uh it was a really nice moment very cool nice nice
1: or did we we did yours right Yes. Got it. Got it. Okay. All right. So, Hey, what, what was the big takeaway for each of you? What did you, uh, what did you learn from the trip? What did you learn about yourself? I'm Tunes. Sorry. Tunes, you want to go first? Oh,
4: oh
3: yeah.
4: Yeah. yeah. Um, there are a lot of takeaways. I think I have three. Uh, this is probably breaking your rules, but, um, no I have ones. three really quick ones. Um, The first one is now having finished the John Muir Trail and having spoken to a few people who've also done it, um, I have learned a lot about the Native um, people who have lived for hundreds and hundreds of years on that trail and and trying to also refer to it by its indigenous name of Numapoyo, and they're incredible groups of women, especially indigenous hikers who are out there trying to protect the land and raise awareness. And so after we finished, um, it was nice to go back and research and learn a little bit more about um the native people who are on that land. And more so about what I learned about myself is how much nature and the outdoors plays a role in not even my physical well-being, but my mental well-being and how just at home we felt out there. and how much we have left to explore and um so that's probably that's probably a takeaway just you don't have to be out there you know hiking the fastest or the hardest or the longest um just if you're out there it's enough and that that's definitely something that I, I carry with me so. yeah.
5: for me uh You know, i had done the JMT as like my intro to getting into the outdoors when I first moved to California and I was very green to it. It was just like, oh my God, this is amazing. And then I really got into trail running and Gabby and I have been together for more than three years and we did a through hike um, a couple of years ago that kind of reignited that and doing the JMT this year, you know, with trail running, we don't really get to enjoy the experience at the same time. We're running our own races it's just not the same. The awesome part about thru-hiking is you can really just be in nature for an extended period of time. And like the thing about running that's so cool is you dip your toes in it. You'll go for five, 10, 20 hours, whatever it is, but it's a contained moment. But with thru-hiking, you really get to be in that experience. And it's just awesome. I, I could live out there. I really, I really could. I felt so like true to myself and really comfortable and I mean, there's, our list is very long of, of future hikes. I'll save it, but it's just, I want to do so many more.
1: Nice. Yeah. We'll get to that. Hank, <laughs> don't, don't lose that list. Yeah. Okay. Bordain, how about you? What'd you, what'd you learn out there? What was your takeaway?
2: Oh boy. Uh, there's so many things, but in, in all of our discussion, I, I just can't help, but go back to uh, People. The amazing people that we met along the way. There was another, not proposal, but there was a relationship that formed with oh, yeah. Sarah, who we met, and uh, a guy that she met along the PCT, because there were some PCTers that we met as well. Um, you know, I'm extremely grateful for the, as Gabby referenced, we only had like one bad day of some weather, or maybe a day and a half, but even that was pretty mild. And the conditions, like what, we had maybe two or three snowfield crossings, but those were brief. Um, I've seen photos of past, like, Forrester blanketed in snow and ice and and sun cups, and we didn't have any of that. It was bluebird. It was sunny. And so I'm, like, super grateful for the condition that we got to do it, and especially for somebody like myself who this was his first foray into, uh, you know, a multi-day hike like this. And then just all the people that we met along the way, you know, um, and of course, including Toons and Sogo, like Sogo in particular was extremely patient and, you know, he was basically doing, taking care of all the logistics of planning out each day where we're going to stay and, um, you know, got, literally got on his knees at times to like help me with the dressing on my feet, which is like you thought you were grossed out by just watching it. Elon had to like actually put his fingers on my feet, my gross, nasty, (laughs) uh, at times. So super grateful for that guy and for Gabby, for just being another like fellow culinary, um, you know, soulmate and, and Mm -hmm. having some fun with that. And just the people and their, their uh, generous nature and, Yeah, there's so many things that I remember about the actual aesthetics of the trail and I'm glad I captured that. But at the end of the day, it came down to like the people that we met um, our like temporary friends. But within those like 48 hours or 72 hours, we got to spend with somebody like Kyle, uh, Spicy Data. Like you really got to be, you really get to know them and, and just be really, you know, you just share everything. There's nothing, like you said, there's nothing kind of, that we keep harness close to us as we would in like regular society. When you're out in nature, you're just like, fuck it. Just tell me about your life. Tell me about your heartbreak and tell me about the good moments. And it was just, there's so many things again, but the people that we met, like they were just, it was perfect for what we went through and I'm glad we got to experience
1: that. Yeah. You bring up an important point there that, you know, you really open up on the trail with you know whether it's the people you're hiking with or people you come across I mean there's there's an instant bond there it seems like and and people really open up and a a great um, example of this and I'd I'd encourage each of you to maybe take this opportunity to read this book it's called Journeys North written by Barney Scout Mann who with his wife uh, hiked the PCT in 2007 and the, the the stories that he pulled out of other hikers that you know maybe he hiked with just for a few days and, you know he hiked uh, maybe the majority of the trail with, with somebody but the stories and the way that people open up is is really um just stirring i mean it's it really makes a, an impression so outstanding awesome. book uh any thought by any of you to longer trails like the pct or the at
4: yes <laughs> yeah and we want to
5: colorado trail at pct camino just see them all it's the best way to to see a a new place i think
1: nice nice bourdain i didn't see a head nod (laughs) (laughs) no I i was thinking about this because
2: the beauty of like ultra marathons which is my only point of reference really to anything like this is that we have this thing called runner's amnesia, right? Like, you're miserable in the moment. You can't wait until you're done. But as soon as you're done, you're like, all right, what's the next adventure? Sign me up. And you forget about the temporary pain that you were in and the sometimes of misery. But there are some beautiful moments, too. Don't get me wrong. Um, so, I don't know. Also,
5: Not that I also did, like, one of the most difficult ones first, you know? You yeah. You definitely your teeth on a very strenuous, like, you're away from, like, you have a long, DMT is a long stretch of yeah. not being able to, you know, interact with civilization. It's not all through, I think it's not like that.
2: But, the, so in reflecting upon this period, this super unique period in our lives, that, that is a pandemic, the global pandemic, this will definitely be one of those things that stand out is that um, it afforded me this opportunity that I probably otherwise would not have done, quite honestly. Um, And one of those things that I keep talking about, like this can that I keep kicking down the road, but it took several things coming together at once um, to be able to do this. Like Elon, your business is a, at the time it was like a 24 hour day, like you gotta be there type of thing. But when the pandemic forced him to uh, curb some of the business or to shut it down entirely, and he had to pivot into getting a nine to five job again like they allowed him to take these two weeks off which was like another reason why we had to like really cram it in it took all these things and like for me i'm usually on the go like traveling because of work and it was like a forced slowdown that actually allowed me to say like oh wait i could actually do this thing so um all that being said i i don't know i still feel like i'm fairly close to it i would love i love the idea of like two or three, maybe even four or five day adventures to do something like the JMT again. um, I definitely know like how to approach it this time a lot better. So I will never say never something like the PCT probably will probably never happen for, for me, but um, yeah, I don't know. I, I love, we'll see how I feel by the time summer comes around again, I would love to do like the TRT and things of that, like, and, but yeah, there, I don't know. I, I don't know.
5: Yeah, there's so many out there that we're gonna. We're, we're, he Billy's gonna do like the Ray Lake Loop in yeah. the Sierra Sierras, forty some miles. Nice weekend, like.
2: But I absolutely, I absolutely love the simplicity of it. Yeah. All you're doing is you're making miles, you're putting calories in, you're treating water, and you're going to sleep, and you're waking up and doing it all over again. There's something about that that was just so perfect at the time and. Uh, had I not been so miserable, like for the half of the trip, I probably would look back on it with more like rose colored glasses. But um, yeah, I, I think I will definitely do it. I just don't know what that is yet. I, it definitely needs to inspire something within me like the John Muir Trail did and the Eastern Sierra in general.
3: But you're still probably remembering your foot pain and that'll go away and you'll start looking at those pictures and watching the videos again and it'll, it'll come back and all of a sudden it's going to hit you. It's like, I need to go back out there. For sure.
2: Yeah, I, I have no doubt.
1: Nice. Now, Billy, I I wanted to ask you, and I forgot earlier, what was the, what was your goal in making the documentary? And did you, did you accomplish that goal? I know it's had a a ton of views on YouTube. I think it was over uh, 215,000 views last time I checked. Uh, What kind of impact has that, has that had on you? So a lot of questions right there. First, yeah. the, the, the purpose of, of, uh, of making the film. I'll, and I'll start with the purpose
2: first. Honestly, like if we had 200 people viewing it, I would have been just fine. Like for me, this was really, the length of it was quite unusual for my typical projects. I try to tell more of a concise story, but one of the things that I found with these through hiking videos in the condensed period of time when I was really absorbing YouTube content was that, I just loved watching through hiking videos. They're so calming and like, and the longer they are, the better. So I said to hell with it, I'm not gonna really filter it. And to be honest, there's like 14 days of footage. So it was like about as condensed as I could do it. But like some of the food review videos, I would just like let them run a little bit longer or, you know, there's some silliness of like me filming, like how to poop in the woods or how to poop in nature. <laughs> um, I took all these little sidesteps uh, or off ramps in telling the story, but I just, honestly, I just wanted to like show people like what is possible that you don't need much to enjoy yourself. Actually, the more simple, simply you can leave, uh, you can live the the more happy you can be at times. And um, you know, for us out there, it was just about sharing the beauty of the JMT. Um, and I'm, I want to be careful about that because I, I, I I'm also trying to be conscious of, like, impact. Like, when I, on Instagram now, I've stopped, like, geotagging all the places I go to because as much as I want to show, like, this place is awesome, like, I I want to be cognizant of that. But, you know, the John Muir trail, everybody knows about. Everyone's, there's a million and one documentaries out there, but I just wanted to tell it from my perspective and be honest about it, be raw with it, Um, the, the do's and don'ts, if you will, and then just, like, the beauty of, like, people helping each other out on their journeys and um, just reminding people of that, especially in the global pandemic where we're all like hypercritical and hyper judgy uh, that, you know, there's, there's a, there's a way to escape and a way to escape responsibly and we did it and it was, it was awesome. And it was uh, miserable at times, but it was awesome. And that's like, it's like life in a packed into a 14 day trip.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I would, I would agree. It was pretty raw at times. There's a lot, a lot of, a lot of uh, raw skin on your feet. <laughs> so with, with that number of views, has there been uh, an impact? Have you guys gotten a lot of feedback, each of you, the three of you? Uh,
2: we've definitely – so for me, as the filmmaker and the creator, I've uh, I definitely reached a different audience than I normally would, which is uh, nice, and uh, I think most people are helpful. Some were, like I said – of the comments were like super positive. I love all the comments seeing um, them about like not expecting the proposal at the end and and Mm. being pleasantly surprised by that, which is really nice. And I thought it was a nice little button at the end. Um, Yeah, I like, I don't, you know, the view counts, it's great that people are finding it. I don't really care. I I don't put my barometer of success on like number of views a video gets, Um, but I'm glad people are finding it. I hope, their takeaway is like what the human spirit is capable of rather than like, here's this guy bitching about his blistered feet for, you know, 30 minutes of the video. Um, yeah. So it, it's like the through hiking community, they're lovely people. I'm glad I'm, I'm, you know, it's like reaching them and and maybe people who are considering it or maybe people in the ultra running community who see uh, through hikers in a brand new way and and hopefully give them the respect that they deserve because it is not easy as somebody who thought like from a physical standpoint this would be super easy or not super easy but just like hiking several miles a day no problem um i was humbled real quick and uh yeah i think it shows
1: nice sogo and and tunes how about you any feedback from from your appearance in the film
4: um I mean, just from immediate friends and family, they loved being a part of the proposal, which, which we're so indebted to Billy for, and we really love it. Um, and also just on a personal note, I, I think I've mentioned on this podcast, I'm a run coach, um, a run and fitness coach. And so I've actually gotten a few new clients and athletes from those who have watched Billy and love him and watched his videos. Um, and they've since found me and, um, I feel so fortunate to have connected with them and um, a whole new gamut of athletes too. at not just runners, but those interested in just moving a little more or, or potentially training up for a through hike. And um, it's been really neat. I've, I've, I've been feeling really grateful for it. So very cool. Yeah.
5: And uh, well, they're, they're both, I think, being too modest too. Yeah. It's really cool to see how much, you know, people are reaching out to Gabby too. And like, she's an amazing coach. So it's awesome to see like her being able to, connect with people and like Billy's video was on Gear Junkie which is so dope like I do agree and Billy's a genuine creative while while I'm a genuine marketer and you know some things that have millions of views are really stupid but it's a a positive affirmation of your skill and good work that a lot of people enjoy it and so like I get satisfaction out of seeing both of those things uh my life is exactly the same but (laughs) some, some people seem to think I I I'm like well spoken because of the proposal, but uh, that was a, a two minute blip of my life for sure.
1: Very good. Well, you've been well spoken tonight, so you haven't you haven't let us down.
5: Nice.
1: Very good. Now, Billy, I um, Bourdain, Billy, um, you you also have a podcast, the Billy Yang podcast, and you also have a YouTube channel. Uh, maybe it's more than a YouTube channel. It's called Billy Yang Films with close to 100,000 subscribers. Um, what, what kind of content can people expect to find on both your podcast and your YouTube channel?
2: So it's, a, it's not necessarily a pigeonhole to one thing. I mean, the, the central theme around it is obviously endurance because that's what I love and that's what I set out to show. But hopefully, as you can probably tell from this podcast, I, I do things where there's a lot of time to think. And I like thinking both macro and micro um, you know <laughs> kind of contemplating life so there's um, there are a couple of videos where at the end of the year I do like a like an end of year uh, recap of some of the adventures I got to go on but also also tell a bigger story and, and what it all means for me anyway and you know I we'll see what happens from this year this year obviously wasn't as active but there were a definitely more meaningful outings and travels that I got to experience anyway. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a mixed bag. I definitely tied more towards like the trail and ultra running scene, but, um, I try not to be limiting in that regard either. And the podcast is more or less the same. I mean, a lot of ultra running, uh, athletes, but you know, occasionally I'll bring on some creatives. I'll bring on some entrepreneurs, things that I'm interested in. And, um, you know, the one thing I haven't really explored that much yet is things in the culinary world, which I'm also passionate about. Like I said, Bourdain was a big time hero of mine. And um, from a spiritual standpoint, everything that he was interested in short of running for hours on end, um, he, he was my spirit animal. So all things travel, all things food, and just um, people. And uh, I think that was a central theme of his shows too, is that it was really about the conversations that you had around the dinner table or around uh, the kitchen that was that really made them stand out. So, yeah, that's kind of the spirit of the channel and the podcast.
1: Nice, nice. Now, for each of you, what's, what's the longest race you've ever you've ever run? What's the longest ultra?
5: Hundreds, hundred miles, yeah. Hundred miles. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. hundred and two. <laughs> hundred two. Can you do better than that, Billy? Longer than hundred two? Nope, hundred no. miles. Okay. Very good. Very good. Hey,
3: Doc, what were the two guys you had on who ran the John Muir trail in less than six days?
1: Yeah. So Gabe and Kevin, uh, I saw on a Facebook post that they had done the John Muir trail in uh, just under six days. It was like five days and 22 hours. And uh, they, they met each other doing the Moab two forty. Oh yeah. And, and decided that they were going to run the, the John Muir trail. And uh, Gabe's wife actually said, you know, you only have a week to do this. So they said, oh, we're just going to run it. We'll do it in a week. No problem. <laughs> and so they get to the John Muir Trail and they quickly realize that they are not going to be able to run the John Muir Trail, but they still only have seven days to do it. So rather than uh, have a quick speed uh, in their uh, daily hike, they had to hike longer hours. So they hiked, they hiked they get up at two in the morning, three in the morning and hike oh. until <laughs> 10 at night. And they got it, they got it done.
5: Next year, uh, I'm gonna try to go back. I was hoping to do it actually towards the end of this summer, but we all got smoked out for the series. But uh, I'm gonna go back and try to go sub four days. I wanna give it a good fast effort.
1: Really? Okay.
3: You're you gonna get people to resupply you or how are you gonna handle that?
5: Yeah, I'll uh, either do yeah, support it, yeah, supported with some some a couple of resupply points. I mean, four days is is mostly just a continuous effort. So, yeah. you know. Go pretty light you know 10 pounds on my back I, I kind of planned it out post this trip because I just had the bug and that was all the there's no races to do and I felt really fit and then the smoke came in so I kind of have all the gear so
1: <laughs> so Sogo do you know what what is the FKT on the jmt
5: too fast it's a, a amazing Frenchman Francois de hain it's a, like 67 68 hours so
1: I'm yeah, fit, I thought right? it was I thought yeah. it was 60 in, in the 60 hour range yeah. It's got to be just crazy. continuous motion it is i mean sub three
5: days is just bananas uh abby uh
4: mitchell but she didn't set the fkt but she got yeah. really close yeah
5: abby mitchell a woman just went out this year and that was during the smoke yeah. and she she put down an amazing female time so
4: four days i think something yeah. really cool four
5: days would be pretty epic <laughs> under, under 100 hours is kind of like my benchmark for like wow that'd be incredible
1: Now I know Chopper has been waiting all episode to see if I was going to work this question in, and I am not going to disappoint him. So, any inclination on the part of any of you to do the Barkley Marathons?
4: Oh fuck no! No, no.
3: it's Doc's favorite show in the world. Anything (laughs) associated with the Barkley Marathon.
5: (laughs) It is very. It's a very unique world in itself and I think ultra running is a big umbrella and that part of ultra running it's uh you gotta love for for pain's sake and I mean I love the beauty of it I love testing myself but we have we have a mutual friend that's been on Billy's podcast Guillaume Calmet that's been out there a few times and I don't know what's wrong with him it's crazy
2: there's a there's a subculture within a subculture and I there's a, there's a tipping point where it's just like crazy for crazy's sake. And I, I put, I consider Berkeley among, among that kind of event. Although I would say that some of the, you know, there are people that I respect immensely that do it and run it and do really well at it. Um, and, you know, I understand the kind of, I don't know, like it definitely came into the pot or the, um, what's the term I'm looking for? not pop culture, but just like the, the, the lay masses, like they know about this because of the documentary and now everyone asks about it, but yeah, I kind of shake my head alongside that. (laughs) You know, going through Briar brush and, and it doesn't look fun. It's it's not fun. And I I do, I think we all do it to be inspired because to tie it all together, we all love nature. We love big vistas and and, uh, just natural beauty and, Barkley just does not fall under that category. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's
3: like, I okay. just
1: loves the Barkley. Oh, I, you know, cool. I loved it after I watched the first documentary, um, the race that eats it's young. And then I was talking to Brendan Leonard and he said, Oh, there's a second documentary you have to watch. It's called uh, where dreams go to die. Or I think it's where, where dreams yeah. go to yeah. die. Yeah. There's a story of Gary Robbins and his, his attempt to to finish it. And Oh my gosh, it's just painful.
5: Yeah. It's that one. Uh, it's fringe even for ultra running, but I think something about the the edges of the ultra running seem to be the most popular to people, at least an awareness standpoint. Like d- uh, Badwater, some of the two hundreds out there now. It's
3: mm-hmm.
5: it's a lot. I will say Lazarus Lake. The the race director for that one is a very unique individual, and like
3: <laughs> yeah,
5: he has some other races. Bigs Backyard, which yeah. is a like four mile four mile loop that you just everybody competes against each other and so you just keep going you know do a four mile loop every hour until there's just one person left and like it's cool that you know i think under the ultra running umbrella that there's all these different things of like just challenging yourself but i'm not doing that one anytime soon
1: yeah so this is this the episode we're doing right now is is season two episode seven i believe yeah so season two episode one i talked to michael wardian um he he won he won the pandemic backyard ultra this year right and he was one of the outsiders of the year for outside magazine and it was during the course of my conversation with him during the episode that i found out that he had done the barkley uh he had done it twice he he didn't finish the race but he, he participated in it twice and his tales of what he went through i mean i was beside myself Uh, That I was finally talking to somebody who had done the Barkley's. I was really excited to to hear from him firsthand, and he did not disappoint. It was it was incredible.
2: Wardian is about as nice a person, human being, as you'll find, and that's the other thing. It's like you can't. It's kind of hard to be an ultra runner and an asshole at the same time. Or I'm not saying we're not void of any, but there are very few. And there's, I find it the same to be true for through hiking as well. Is that you know, you have to have a certain amount of, uh, I don't know, empathy and compassion to be out there. You know, like, what it's like to suffer. You know what it's like to put in, you know, multiple hard days. And, man, Wardian's at the tip of the spear when it comes to people like that. He's just such a genuinely nice guy. I love that guy to death.
5: Yeah. And so humble. I mean, he's yeah. got like, as much experience as he gets and super down to earth. And he and he fails to bark. I mean, if, if Wardian can't finish Barclays, it's too it's too hard.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Well said. Well said. Um, Hey, before we move on, uh, Sogo, I know you had a list of, of things you wanted to try next. You mentioned Ray Lakes, you mentioned, uh, um, the Tahoe Rim Trail. What what else is on your, your list of, of planned hiking outdoor activities?
5: Big through hikes to come for us. Uh, the PCT and the the Pacific Crest Trail and the Appalachian Trail in terms of the states are high up there. I mean, I would love to do the Colorado Trail next year. It's about 500 some miles, continental kind of divide. I don't know as much about it, but I've been reading a little bit more about it. That'd be pretty cool. Um, the Camino, uh, I haven't put it out to Gabby yet, but uh, we're not gonna get married, you know, until probably 2022, it'd be pretty cool to do the Camino for our honeymoon. Cause it's like, not it's like a glamping version of through hiking you know, mm-hmm. you get to stop in all these towns, eat great food. So the Camino, and then uh, I'd love to do a tour around Mont Blanc. Billy's gone out there, uh, like, every year, the last handful of years, and just – he's told me about it too many times, and Gabbing is French. So, like, I would love to get out there. So, that list, I feel like, will get me to, like, 40. So, I, I guess yeah. I not enough I, things.
2: Actually, the Tour de Mont Blanc and El Camino, or the Camino uh, – whatever it's called. Santiago. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah th- those two are high up on my list, too, for exactly he, those reasons.
5: See, he's going to do it.
2: Yeah. He's, yeah, it. To.
3: he's already back in.
5: We, we already, yeah, we got our crew, JMT Volume 2. We're coming back.
1: Nice. And if you guys ever need to do some research, you can listen to some episodes on the podcast. I've talked to Triple Crowners out there with some great information on the Woo! AT, the CDT, nice. PCT. Um, we've had some folks who have done the, done the Camino come on and talk about it. So there's a lot, awesome. of, a lot of great stuff, really just to stir the imagination and, and get that wanderlust going.
2: Yeah, all you, need, all you need with me is to just like throw in some food. Like some really, to be able to drink some wine and to eat some really delicious gnocchi or, you know, sandwiches, like, I'm in. I mean, if you have to. Yeah.
0: With,
1: with some tapatio like, packets.
2: Yeah, exactly. Is
5: there any that you'd recommend for us
1: from
5: all your knowledge?
1: Um, you, you, hit, you hit it on the, the head right there with the, with the ones that you mentioned. I also, I'm a little bit jealous because I want to do the Tahoe, Tahoe Rim Trail, and I know that you've done that. So that's, uh, that's something on my list.
5: Yeah, it's a great one. And logistically, so easy because it's a loop. You don't have to deal with the point to point. It's so nice.
1: Right, right. Hey, guys, you know where we are? Where's that? We're at that time of the episode where I ask you for your pro tip insight of the week. Who wants to go first? Who's got some pearls of wisdom to share with our listeners to make their next trip that much better?
4: I have one for the ladies.
1: Okay. Oh.
4: It's a two-parter. Wait,
1: wait, wait, wait a second. Wait a second. Toon <laughs> says, I've got one for the ladies. And, yes. and Bourdain says, oh.
4: <laughs> yeah, I love you, Billy. It's okay. No, let's right. see where this goes. A, bring tampons, even if you don't think you're going to get your period, or bring some sort of whatever to keep it clean because my lovely companion, Bourdain, actually bartered for me, on my behalf, he asked these two women who were coming up, because he was in front of me at the time, um, if they had tampons, because I didn't have any, and they gave me some, which was really, really sweet, in exchange for a Snickers bar. <laughs>
0: nice. So, bring... Remember that part That's earlier
1: the in the episode? Remember that part earlier in the yeah. episode when we said there are no secrets out there?
4: There are no secrets out there. That's
1: right.
4: Yeah. And make sure if you are a lady hiking the trail, or if you identify as female and you get a period wear underwear that is breathable not cotton because you don't want to get a yeast infection or anything that could take you off the trail and um i wish i had read more about that or i wish people had talked about it more it's really not glamorous but um yeah that's it's important to to look after your yourself in that way so
1: got it. that one <laughs> tunes that's the that's the first that's the first pro tip we've had along those lines so congratulations well
3: Thank there you. are a lot of uh, Uh, different channels and things on Facebook that are just for women for stuff like that. And it's always, people direct, it's like, just go to that one, all the tips and all the, everything's on there. There you go.
4: Yes, exactly.
2: Billy?
3: You gonna top that one, Billy? (laughs) Yeah.
2: Yeah, when it comes to male problems. um, (laughs) (laughs) No, I, uh, God, what would I recommend? I would say, I, I really liked, I really liked the fruit roll-ups as currency, so I wanna expand upon that and just like anything that will, that you will A, enjoy yourself, but B, could potentially be used as currency or to, uh, to gift people. Yeah, let's say gift people, cause I don't wanna like make this a quid pro quo type of thing. And um, yeah, just any, any little thing that won't weigh your pack down that will bring you some joy. Like for me, it was condiments. Uh, Tapatio, like I would bring taco sauce or hot sauce, um, like sriracha is a game changer. and It just elevates your meals by a full, if you watch the video, like a full (laughs) point, point and a half, and they're game changers and it doesn't weigh your pack down too much. So definitely those little individual condiments, pack some of those before your trip um, or fruit roll-ups. The grits that you picked up was also great, Gabby. Um, I wish I had more of those at the start of the trip, and just all these little things like what else? Um, mio, mio. Oh, the mio! Uh, people know about the mio, but the mio was huge as well. And then um, and the hot chocolate. Hot chocolate. At the end, at of, the the night. end of the night awesome. was awesome. Mm-hmm. So I can't thank you guys enough for that, and uh, you know, little nips of whiskey. <laughs>
1: All the, all the little things to add yeah. to add to the to the diet out there very good very good all right Sogo, what do you have for us
5: mine's uh maybe a little more boring or conventional but uh, i think if you really want to get into thrugging, the the devil's in the details it's you really got to plan it out there's a lot of little things you know a lot of the issues that we had were just they're not con- all everything is controllable, but they're things that you know with, are within your power. And the more you plan, the more thorough you are, the more you learn from your trips. And both Gabby and I tried to journal after just like these are things that worked and these are things that didn't work. So that you only want to remember the good things, and they are you know all learning experiences. And if it, it is real out there, you know, people do get injured and make mistakes. And so, I uh just plan it. You know, the more effort you put into prep during before the trip, the better
1: it's going to be during. That's great. That's great, Chopper. How about you? I'm gonna give you a chance too.
3: Oh, I didn't know I was gonna be uh, I know, put here. you I on the spot. Being attention for most of the uh, conversation today. <laughs> um, no, I, I agree with Elon. It's just there's a lot more involved than you realize. And just you know, do the research. Do that. There's plenty of books. There's plenty of videos. I you know, I kind of stumbled across Billy's YouTube video to start, and was, there's hundreds of them out there. It was it was, it was a great watch but you learn so much from just watching things like that and reading all the books and all the different posts and blogs and things. It does. It definitely gets your, your head around it before you see it. It
1: helps. All right. Great tips all the way around. So there you have it. That's it. Season two, episode seven is in the books. I hope our listeners enjoyed our time with Bourdain, Sogo and tunes. I want to thank them for joining us this week. Guys, how can our listeners keep up with you on social media and where can they find updates on your latest adventures?
2: Uh, at Billy Yang on Instagram, billyangfilms.com or billyangfilms on YouTube is the best way. I'm also on Strava. You can find me there, uh, Billy Yang as well. Yeah, that's, uh, that's me in a nutshell. Okay.
1: <laughs>
4: Um, without nearly as big of an audience, you can also find me on Instagram at Gabby Modier, or if you just search GabbyModier.com, my website and blog will come up.
5: And if you want to see lots of great pictures of our dog, Penny Lane, you can find me on Instagram (laughs) at Elon J Lever or just follow Gabby. She's the cooler (laughs) one of our, our couple for sure.
1: Nice. Remember to check out the pod on social media as well. We are on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter. And if you have comments or clips you want to share, you can send it to me at johnfreakingmuir at gmail.com. All right. Uh, that's a wrap from the John Freaky studio. Any shout outs to anybody out there, guys?
4: I have one shout out. Okay. Um, one of my athletes, Morgan, is a huge fan of Billy's and um, wants to hike the John Muir Trail. And she told me she would kill me if I <laughs> said this out loud. So this is a shout out to her. I love you, Morgan. <laughs>
2: um, I want to. I want to shout out Spicy Data. I want to shout out um, Sierra and all the gang that we met early on, and uh, to the generous all the generous souls that we met along the way from. Tampon exchanges to ibuprofen swaps or iodine pills. Um, you all helped out a lot, so I'd be remiss in not shouting them out.
1: Nice. Is spicy did he did the, the PCT right? Yeah. Section hikes, Yeah. Oh, he's section hiking the, the PCT.
5: I think he was gonna do the whole thing, but then with COVID, he was only doing a portion because it, it wasn't. He couldn't start initially.
4: And bear bait, and stage oh,
5: right. Yeah.
2: Oh, that's right.
4: Yeah.
5: The two best names ever. These guys in met Bear Bait
2: and Stage Fright. Yeah. yeah, they Bear Bait and or Stage Fright gave you the uh, powdered milk, right?
4: Yeah. So I'm in, I can't believe I didn't tell them out earlier. Yeah. Indebted to them.
5: I got I got one. We uh, very very close friends of all of ours, Keith and Jasmine. Oh, oh of course. We stayed with them up in Mammoth before and after. They dropped us off at the start, picked us up at the finish. You know, we did. We didn't talk about it a ton, but we did make very COVID safe plans, quarantine before, they were very isolated. Billy got tested; we got tested, like and we really couldn't have done the trip without them because yeah, when we started yeah, the yeah, the, the shuttle wasn't running. So Keith and Jasmine made our trip. Yeah, we love you
3: guys.
1: Very good. Chopper, how about you? Any shout-outs or final thoughts there?
3: <laughs> I'm just the guest here today, just to happy
1: to part of it. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for tuning in. Always remember the trail is the trail. It doesn't care if you want to go downhill. It doesn't care if it's almost dark and you're looking for a campsite. It doesn't even care if your feet are hamburger and you still got 10 miles to go. The trail is the trail. (laughs) Embrace the suck.